Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. This podcast is powered by Sports Drink. Your digital water cooler. Welcome to the 12 listeners that are listening to Seven uh, Sweet Chuck on the Caught the Net podcast. Brought to you by... We don't really... Yeah, we don't really know who it's brought to you by yet. I mean, what slapdick would really sponsor us? I mean, come on. I got a lisp. I got a lisp as wide as the fucking Grand Canyon. You're a bus sure. from the West Coast. I mean, who the fuck... Well, I, you know, I, I, think, anyways, I think we're going to be sponsored by this guy named Tom. You ever heard of him? No, Tom, Tom who? Yeah, Tom sure. Fury? See, I, I can get behind a company no named doubt. Tom No Fury doubt, himself. sweet Chuck. Well, hey, this is our second episode. Uh, we made it through the maiden voyage, uh, you know, the Titanic last week. So here we go with uh, round two of Caught in the Net. Seth, what do you, you know want to what? Let's give an overall view of uh, player development as it pertains to the high school coach. Um you know, hopefully a lot of listeners are high school coaches. And, you know, a lot of times I get asked, Sweet Chuck, you know, from high school coaches, how do you implement player development into your high school practices? So, and then, you know, what do we do in the offseason with our players? So let's let's kind of gear this today towards, towards the high school coach. What do you think? Sure. I mean, <laughs> fuck. I mean, you're right. Like, I mean, first of all, can there be another fucking how many more player development <laughs> webinars, fucking Zoom meetings, fucking podcasts? I mean, can there be any more of these? No. But I will tell you this. I mean, if you can take the fluff out of it and you could actually show a coach or a player what you think or what we think important parts of development are so you don't have to waste your time on nonsense and maybe if they could take three things that we say, two things that we say, four things that we say, and maybe implement it to their program to make their players better, I think it'll be a show well worth right. listening to. So you're the scholar of the fucking program. Why don't you <laughs> well, look this up? You know, I think the hardest thing that a high school has to decide, a high school coach has to decide is, you know, how much of my practice time do I devote just strictly to skill development, player development? Guys ask me that all the time. You know, I got two hours of practice. How much time should I spend on skill development or player development? And, you know, there is no real concrete answer that I can give them. But what I will tell them is a lot of it depends on the time of the season. Um, you know, obviously, I think if, if you're 
um, you know, in the early part of your season, October, maybe you haven't gotten the football guys out yet, and it's still October, and you really haven't started official practice, you're going to have much more time, I think, into the in skill development and individual development than, than you would with team concepts and stuff. Because you got to remember, a lot of times a high school coach, he may not get his football guys till late November. Uh, and he's got to throw right. them in there right away, you know, and, uh, and, and get caught up with team stuff. So I, the first question I ask the, the coaches, you know, what's your time schedule like? And at what time of the year are you talking about? Because you and I always talk about, you know, in-season, out-of-season development. So that's the first thing that I think right. the coach needs to decide. Are you talking about, you know, pre, you know, in-season development before the games start? Or are you talking about off-season like summertime development? Okay, so let's let's take it into pieces okay. then. Let's take it into let's take it into preseason. They usually have okay. what about two three weeks to get ready for their season. Yeah, usually two two to three weeks. Yeah, maybe to a month. And mm-hmm. and another thing, I I think it depends on the state in which you live, or maybe even the section within that state, because they all have different rules. You know, California may have different rules yeah. than Texas or Florida, so. But let's assume that you're able to work with your players whenever you want. Yeah, well, yeah, well okay, so let's, easy, let's, right. let's make it easy so we're not talking about mask mandates in each <laughs> fucking state because you know how that fucking goes. Let's, let's talk about, all right, your right. season starts. Like you're at, not school, but your season. You have, you start, say you start your season on fictional date, November 15th, and your first game is December 1st. So in, in your first two weeks... What do you think the important things are to sort of talk about in player development? And for, for a high school coach, I think you have to you have to spend as much time you, that you can say in those two or three weeks on drills and skills that combine conditioning. Sure. Um, you know, like in two or three weeks, are you really going to be able to get a guy's shot better? Probably not. Are you going to be able to improve his ball handling? Probably not. But I think you can do some stuff with conditioning to get the guys ready, you know, to play a game. So, to me, it would it would involve you know conditioning and some skill work, you know, lot lots of uh, you know three on O's, four on O's, that type of stuff where you got ball handling, shooting, passing, and things like that combined. What are your thoughts on that? Right. Well, sure. I think you have to understand where what type of shots your your team team by position are going to take so i think you you sort of have an idea where the shots on the, on the floor are going to be are you a pick and roll team are you a straight motion team um are you a team that sets a lot of pin downs and screens are you coming off handoffs so figure out like the actions that you want to really run and then where your players are going to be getting them and then and then i would spend a like if you say you have an hour practice time and say you're going to say okay 15 minutes skill development well for five minutes i just want to get guys you know player shots like wherever just shots 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 not game situations but just get them warmed up you know just to sort of get them get their mind going a little bit a little bit of osmosis i guess and then you get into you know revving it up to games you know game shots and for me most coaches are only going to have one court one full court two two baskets maybe six baskets tops and so now you're going to have to probably combine positions so if you could have like you know, your players, if they can pass, you know, if they can take shots and get their own rebound and then also pass, you know, make, make their own passes, if you have the coaches to make passes, great. But I would say 
first few minutes, get them going, and then like really rev it up to like 10, 15 minutes if you only have 20 minutes out of an hour to go with skill development, which is a lot for most coaches. Then you start revving it up into situational development where they're getting shots, they're getting conditioning, and they're, and they're actually executing where they're going to, you know, how they're going to take it, take the shots and the timing in which they're right. going to get the shots off. And, you know, you, you and I are familiar with this kind of team shooting drills that we've seen. And there's one particular set of team shooting drills called the Euler drills that you and I have seen. Yeah. And I think is it, that's a good thing for a high school coach to use, you know, a five to ten minute team shooting warm up from different different areas on the court, different spots, different angles. Um, so if, you, if you're interested in that, you know, it's pretty easy to get a hold of the Euler drills. Just contact either you or myself. But, yeah, those, those are some good things to get the team going. Uh, I think – I think ball handling and passing, especially like in the full court, uh, is an important part of skill development in the preseason as well. Yeah, with passing, you know, when you talk passing, everybody wants to say, oh, okay, are we working on reads, are we working on vision? No, 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 no. We're working on simple passing to be an accurate right. passer. You don't have to have, you know, not every player is going to have great vision and can make plays for other people. But if you could be, if you could train all your players to be accurate passers, hit you know, hit players where they need the ball, you know, give them a target, hit the target on time and on target in your passes, and I think you'd be good. And with your ball handling, again, not everybody's going to be able to break people down off the dribble. But if you could teach people how to be strong ball handlers, and as Kobe would say, like you want to you want to put the ball where you want it when you want it without even thinking or feeling it or have to do any really work to do it because you develop your strength and your ball handling and your hands, fingertips, forearms, and whatnot. I think that, that if you could implement whatever drills possible on those two skill aspects, where you're going to just be accurate passers, strong ball handlers, you're, I think you're ahead of the, you know, you're ahead mm-hmm. of the curve on it. And, and combining you know, that ball handling also, I think especially high school players, they need, they need to work on playing against pressure, whether it's, you know, whether it's a single guy really getting up into you and pressuring you as you're trying to bring the ball up the court or, you know, playing against a trap, you know, where, where you're seeing a full court press with aggressive double teams. I think we need to teach players in our skill development work at the high school level how to play against pressure, you know, how to back dribble, how to split yeah. a trap, how to, how to back the ball up. Uh, you know, behind the line, you know, and attack the weak side. I think those are fundamental things in our skill development program that are really important, especially if you're going to play against teams in, on your schedule that press. And in high school, you know, you, we don't see pressing in the NBA. That's, that, that doesn't happen. College, very rarely. But in high school, you see it a lot. You know, I was at a high school game last night, Sweet Chuck, and both – both teams were full court pressing. I mean, aggressive double teaming the whole game, and it was just you know, if you broke the press, you could get a layup, and if you couldn't, you turned the ball over. You know, for, forget the half court offense; you couldn't even get into it. Um, so that's really important, I think, in our skill development work: how to play against pressure. Oh, without question, I think that I think when you have very limited time to work on skill development, you have to combine mm-hmm. things. So, like, if I'm putting in my ball handling, like, maybe I would start the season with just stationary ball handling just to get them going, get them strong with it. And then after, like, the fourth or fifth day when I'm implementing my pressure, my press, 
now you could like talk to talk about it on both ends. You could talk about it on the ball handling piece about how to handle the pressure, and then you could also talk to your defenders that will mm-hmm. be in that drill of implementing the right things fundamentally on the ball technique wise that you want to teach out of your press and your trap and and how to, you know because you want to coach sure. both ends of it. You want to yeah you, know, you want the player not to turn the ball over, but yet you want the defense to try to force as many you know deflections, steals, or whatnot and, and, and apply pressure. So. I think in, in your player development sessions with anything, you could combine the two. You combine the offense and defense and set the philosophy right. on both to sort of teach the player. Okay, now if we move into uh, the next phase of skill development, maybe, you know, now we're in the half court and you're working on, you know, half court execution. Say you come down and the team's not pressing. I think one of the important things that you have to have in your skill development in that area is – two-on-o and three-on-o driving kick drills and then adding defenses two-on-two and three-on-three driving kick drills Uh, to be able to work on that now the dribble the drive the jump stop the stride stop knowing where your outlets are the relocation of the other players uh, and how to attack closeouts how to take open shots as opposed to contested shots so i think you know two-man and three-man draw and kick drills uh, is something that you can do and you probably should do every day for at least four or five minutes in your skill development work. Sure. And I'd even, I'd even expand it. I'd go sure. one on it. Like I would, I would first want to teach the, like just to come down the court, change speeds and finish. I remember working out Karan Butler. <laughs> By the way, hey, Chicago. one of our favorite guys yeah. of all time. Uh, he, without, he's so funny. One of the funniest. One of the funniest motherfuckers ever hey, in my life. Now oh, I remember, Karan. Yo, when when we were coaching him God, with the Clippers, yeah. the the thing I remember most about him is he had this weird little habit that he'd have, and and the uh, you know the equipment guy had to be ready because every time there was a timeout, Karan would come off the floor. He had to have a plastic straw that he could chew on. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Big. He fucking yeah. worked out so with he'd go right to the equipment yeah, yeah, guy and sure. he'd hand him his straw and he'd start chomping on his plastic straw. I said, what the heck is this no, guy it, doing? Without <laughs> question. And, and, and I started sort of building this thing up when I was working with Karan. He came to us, um, he came to us in the offseason. He just signed with Dallas uh, right before their championship right. run. Right. And he came in and we would do a lot of like, all right, just chain speed. Like, just come down the court, left side of the floor, right side of the floor. Just, you know, change speed into anything you want. Could be just a straight layup. Could be a crossover between the legs. Whatever it is, change speed, change direction, finish. And then just, so now we're working on, like, ball handling, working on our change of speeds, working on finishing. And then we would put a guy in the corner. And then what we would do is, I mean, we did it live. So we had an intern in the right, like, the right corner. He'd be dribbling down the left side of the court, make his change speed, change direction, and then he would have to read it. If that defender came off the corner, he, you know, he would pass to the corner. If it wasn't, you know, he would shoot it. But let's just go right. shell. So we worked on a one-on-o finish. Now we worked on change speed, change direction, same thing. Jump stop, make the pass to the corner. Then you could actually add that uh, third guy in the wing. So now it's a change speed, change direction, make the pass to the corner, swing, swing from corner to wing, and then shoot the ball, and then, you know, sure. so on and so on. But I think... I think you build everything up. You don't just start with right. the three and zero. I see a lot of people starting with like four players in the court, drive, kick, drive, kick, drive. I think you you have to slow it down, 
and, and teach it from the ground up. Build up drill, sweet chuck. That's what they call them. Oh, that's yeah, that's, that's the catchphrase catch for it. Yeah, huh? Build up drills. Yeah, nice. Yeah, catch so phrase. that's that's kind of a a little bit on what we think about, like maybe some skill development stuff in the uh, in the pre practice. I don't know if it's not pre practice, but I guess it's you know the first part of your practice um, is what we see. What well, high high school too? Sev, like throwing the ball. I know it's not done in, in the NBA and not much in college, but. Like throwing the ball in the post and what you're doing. Like yeah, that's that's bat. really like, huge. Yeah, <clears throat> cutting the you know enter the ball in the post against pressure, cutting the post, taking that second def- your defender out of there. So now it's a one on one in the post instead of you standing still and having your defender right. dig at the post. And then so now now you're teaching your 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 post your post guy. You know I, I was breaking down film with one of my clients last night, and he's a kid that would just catch it in high school, just catch it and go. And I'm like, wait a minute, you gotta learn how to catch it, wait for that cutter to clear, see what that defender is gonna do on the passer, and then you can make your move. So you're teaching your post guy a little bit of patience. You're teaching your point guards that end or the guards that enter the post how to relocate or cut, and then they can get another shot wherever they right. relocate. To. And I and I think there's, you know, whatever your philosophy is as a coach, I think there's three things that, that can happen when the ball goes in the post. Now we're talking about the catch on the low post where he doesn't have an angle to go, you know, drop step yeah. or whatever. So, so you hit right. the post. Either you're going to speed cut the baseline, take your defender out, and then go out the weak side. You're going to hit the post and then maybe relocate either to the corner or up top, which is my least favorite. And then the third thing is is to run some sort of split game after you enter with the guy up top. So those three things, I. I think that's about all you can do besides just pass and stand there. So you got to yeah. decide as a coach, sure. I think, at the high school level, when you're teaching, you know, post-entry, what, what, you, what your philosophy is on having that passer do. Yeah, so, so right there, Seb, we got in the ball handling, getting shots up, ball handling, warrior, I mean, sure. oiler drills. We got into some build-up stuff. Guys are, you know, players are getting shots, they're getting movement, they're working on getting against pressure, we're working on passing against pressure, working on cutting posts, entering the ball in the post, post work. I mean, right there you got right. 25 minutes and, you know, you're good. Like, what, so what else would you sort of... I, I think that's about it, Sweet Chuck. Uh, if we're, for in the season or just, you know, preseason stuff, I, I think that's about it. Yeah. Um, maybe, I, you know... Maybe some free throws, but a lot of coaches, you know, they don't like to take practice time to do a lot with free throws. Um, and sure. you, you, you have to be able to figure it out where your free throws come within a practice plan. And a lot of times, you know, coaches will use that development time to do free throws. So I think you got to fit those in there somewhere also. Um, so that's that kind of takes us to there. Now, once the game start in the high school season, say it's December 1st, through the end of, you know, February or whatever. You know, now you're in the bulk of your season where you're playing maybe two games mm-hmm. a week and you have to get team stuff in to your to your practices. Where do you see skill development now as they're starting to play games in the high school? Well, I would probably shorten up the things that we do. You want probably less impact on the kids, but you want to get a lot of reps. So I would probably do a lot of, like, I'd I, – I, I'd stick with my, I'd stick with my ball handling. I'd stick with getting shots up. I'd probably do a lot of like four man mm-hmm. shooting where like passer, two rebounders, one shooter, 
let him shoot like 30 seconds a spot, five spots, and everybody gets a chance. Something where they're just getting a lot of reps up, a lot of a lot of just just reps and reps and reps. And then, to me, I think there's not enough skill development and player development done with just correcting in scrimmages and games. And so, like, each player probably knows what they should and shouldn't be doing and the right way to do things. So, like, correcting footwork if a guy tra- a player travels or individual defensive stuff that you're working on or drive and kick, you know, you've been working on drive and kick and player development. Okay, so try to carry that over to the scrimmages or whatever you do in your practices to actually correct. So I think a lot of spots, a lot of just oh, mm-hmm. just get them reps and just sort of let them work their way out of it. I, I think less sort of live stuff. Keep that to your, you know, your five-on-five right. five scrimmage stuff and putting your offense. I, I feel you. that this is a time now, you know, when you're in your two to three months of – the meat of your season where you're playing games that your player development, your skill development stuff is a, you know, has to be and reflect exactly what you're going to do offensively. Now you can get into specific actions and shots that you, that you want your guys to get uh, out of, out of whatever it is you're doing on offense. Uh, and then on defense, yeah. you know, whatever you're, you know, if you're a pressing team, if you're a zone team, if you're a help team, what, whatever it is, you know, you have to be specific with exactly what your team's, you know, trying to run on both ends. Yeah, I go through a lot of, you know, and I, I put in a lot of three on three and four on four and, and sort of teach both sides of it. You know, teach the actions that you're doing. Maybe do some shell offense stuff where, like, if you if you run pistol or whatever you run and, you know, players right, right, getting right. shots out of whatever system you are. And then you add defense to it. And then you add rules to the defense and – you correct them on both ends, and then and then maybe you get into your five on five, but build it up from a three on three, and maybe a four on four, and build from there. But yeah, I, I, I'm in. And one of the challenges that coaches, some high school coaches have, especially at the smaller schools, is, you know, they may only have one assistant coach. You know, two yeah. if you're lucky, and you, you have to be able to organize your practices where the where the players can actually do. You know, do a lot of the coaching and a lot of the, you know, the helping out with the drills and stuff, because you may only have one assistant coach. Um, so yeah, that, that's a I challenge with that. for I, coaches. Yeah, and your player development, Sev. I think you you got to rep it out to the point and correct your players to the point where they yeah, exactly. self correct. Yo, know, within like a month of or three weeks of you working them out. And on specific things, if you're calling out their travels, or you're calling out their balance stuff, or whatever it is, you should they should be able to like right after the rep be like, you know, fuck, like yeah, I traveled, or I didn't hold my follow through, or what my hands weren't up on defense, or whatever it is, I left my feet on the on the jump shot on defense instead of staying down and contesting, like that's where I think. If you're just going drill to drill and you're not correcting anything and you're just going to the next rep, you just want to get to the next tricky drill that you do and you're not correcting. Mm-hmm. Your players don't teach themselves how to correct, which I think if you're a good teacher, I think you should be able to – they should be right. able to do that. Right. Um, okay, sweet Chuck. High school coach, season's over. Sure. You know, you know. Right. <laughs> nowadays, it seems like, you know, as soon as the high school season's over, literally the next weekend – there's an AAU tournament somewhere, and, and your guys may be with another team or with another coach. But let let's say you got Enough your question. guys, you know, kind of under your control, you know, within your program, and they're not scattered, 
in AAU programs throughout the state or whatever. Um, so month off, you know, you know, high school player development. Now you bring them back in maybe May, June, getting ready for summer league. I think this is the where the bulk of your individual skill development needs to take place. Yeah, I, to, to me, I agree with that too. And, and I'd probably do less oh, conditioning yeah. no in condition. these sessions. <laughs> yeah, and more like breaking down the shot, um, adding something to their game, working on their finishing, um, you know, working on if I if I got a big kid that was 6'3", but never grew, and now I need that 6'3", 4'5", to be a 2'3", now I'm sort of teaching them the footwork of how to transition from a, 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 you know, a post to a perimeter right. player. So I'm doing all of that too. And that's, that's sort of what yeah, I'm Yeah, and this, so, this is the I, part where I found out, you know, being a high school coach, that this is kind of the part of the, of the season that you, you need to make it fun for guys. Uh, you really can find out who, who, who are the gym rats and who aren't. You know, you can't be yeah. begging guys to come to try to improve their game. Uh, those guys will kind of weed themselves out. But this is where you find out, you know, who the guys who are really serious about improving their game. And you make it fun for them. Um, it, shorter times, you know, you know, we're going to have an hour workout, you know, whether it's in the mornings or in the afternoons or whatever. Um, so you, you can't, uh, to me, Sweet Chuck, you can't overdo it during this time, you know, maybe an hour a day. Yeah, it, I agree with that. And I think that if we backed up to before your season ends, you should probably put a one-page sheet together for each mm -hmm. player that's going to come back and say, look, here's what I thought you did well. Here's what I thought you needed to work on. Here's what I need from you right. this summer. So they know exactly what okay. they need to work on. Maybe, you know, so like at the, your, your last meeting. Yeah, well, exit meetings for high school players. Season, <laughs> yeah you talk to them and how many of those guys will blow it off say, like the pro guys do 98 <laughs> percent probably but you know but like you need to they need to know you need to tell them and then now they have an idea right. what to work on at least at least this is what i need to get better or you know look there's freshmen coming up there's sophomores coming up like these players could get your spot but i think if you if you develop these things you do this well for us. You impact the game this way. You don't impact the game on these things. But this is what you got to do for this summer. And they have a clear idea. And then, you know, I don't know. I mean, some high school coaches don't give a fuck. Let's be honest. But, like, I would ask them, like, if you have a trainer, who your trainer is, maybe try to reach out to the trainer and say, look, you, do, you teach how you want to teach, but this is what I really need this player to get better at if you want to go that extensive. But I'm saying – Meet with your players at the end of the year, get an idea, have them get an idea of what you expect from them, and then you come back to these workouts. Like you said, one hour, here's what we're doing, and then we talked about the things that we should right. know, sort of spend more time on. And so. One other thing that high school coaches have to consider is if the player's a multi-sport guy, uh, you've got summer baseball, you've got summer football, uh, and they're still wanting to play basketball. You have to meet, you know, maybe the three of you sit down, you, the player, and the coach from the other sport, the football coach, the baseball coach. But you got to figure out a plan. Hopefully you have a good relationship with the other coach and the other coaches 
where you where you uh, don't get territorial and selfish about the player's time, and you can kind of figure out a plan for, you know, okay, he's going to do this in football, and then he's going to do this with us in basketball. Because I've seen it be a real problem where the football coach, you know, says, no, you know, I'm not going to let him play basketball. He's, he's got to play seven-on-seven passing, passing tournaments all summer, or he's got to be on travel baseball, you know. And that's something that high school coaches need to consider and figure out how they're going to work with the other coaches to, to develop a schedule that benefits, you know, everybody. Yeah, and, and I think as a coach, you gotta you got to sort of be living sure. a reality. You know, I know you want to, them to be as dedicated as possible to your sport, but let's be honest, most of these kids are playing multiple sports. They're doing this, they're doing that. So you just got to lay it out for them. Say, and, and like you said, you know, make a schedule where, all right, you know, look, we, I know you got these things, but we have to iron out some time throughout the week you know, where you, you spend some time on basketball because you've got what you need to do and, and you've got to do what you got to do. But also, i got to do what I have to do as a coach. And if you don't make time for it at some point, here's my expectation for you to get better at these things by the next season. If you don't, I have to go with the person who's ready for it. But I'm going to put in as much time with you as you can spare but and but now you got to learn a life lesson as a young a young person, and how to sort of divvy up your time and how to maximize the time and schedule time for the different right. activities and di- different yeah time management you, you know yeah. for for high school kids in the summer becomes really important because you know you got you got the girls you got the social stuff going on, some of them may be in summer school, okay you you still got you know some of them may have jobs in the summer they got to work. Um, they got family stuff. Like I remember as a high school coach, you know, well, so-and-so can't go to the, you know, the summer stuff because we're going on vacation. You, you know, you can't argue with that. Uh, and then you got the other sport to consider. So time management for those high school kids becomes really important. Uh, and, and, you know, make it fresh. Make it fun. Make it maybe a little different than stuff that you would do during the season. And then if you can get your kids to a, your high school kids to a really good summer teaching camp, uh, you know, like the ones we worked. Um, I think that might, might help the kids. I remember, you know, back in the mid-'80s when I was a high school coach, Sweet Chuck, there were no AAU stuff, very little AAU stuff. And so a big thing for the, our kids was to get them to go to summer camp for a week, you know, a teaching camp mm-hmm. somewhere for a week. Um, yeah, Look, not every coach is dedicated to... <laughs> some some of them might say, I'll see you guys in November. <laughs> Go play exactly. a pickup so, if you want to get better. If, you, if you're the coach, the, if you're in, you know, the coach that's actually dedicated, what I would probably do is this. Not every player you're going to coach is going to be very few of them. or anything like that. But what I would do is I would do some homework and people that are in my town in my region, like within 20 minutes, 30 minutes from the house, I would get a list of three or four AU teams with contact information. I would get a list of three or four trainers, maybe even visit them and see what they do and how they do and if they're any good or whatever. And what I would do in these exit meetings with the players would be like, look, if you don't already have one, which every fucking, I think every, I think it's a, a rule that every fucking player 
you know, eight minutes out of the womb, <laughs> you know, when they're in the hospital picking AU team. But like, here's three or four AU teams. Here's three or four trainers. Here's three or four camps in the area, if there are even fucking that many left in the country. Um, here, here's here's a list of three or four of these things, and. This is what, like, if you want to spend time in the summer, you're going to need to do some of these things. If you can't do any of them, that's great. I'll give you a workout. You could do it on your own with your friends. But if you're going to spend time and money into this thing, like, and you want somebody to work with right. you, and I can't do that in the off season, here's, here are the three things that you need to – here are the three avenues which you could help your game. Right. Here and, they are. And then just and give it to them. if all else fails, go play pickup ball. Go, go yeah. play with older guys. Yeah. You know, is does that exist anymore? <laughs> well, you know, it, it does. You know, but you got to hunt them out. Like in LA, uh, th- there's yeah. pickup games all the time, all over the place that you can, that you can find. Sure. So that's Even, you know that's kind of what we see in the high school program as kind of like a player development blueprint. Um. So what do you think, Sweet Chuck? Anything else to add? Not really. I think we covered most of most of it. Like I think that, look, most high school coaches are below the Mendoza line with how much time they have, sure. their facilities, um, their off season, what they could actually do with kids. I think if you have a plan and you spend at least 10, 12, 15 minutes a day during the season on it, you communicate with your players throughout the year, throughout the season and off season about what they're doing well, what they need to work on. You have a plan of attack in the summer of what they're going to do and who they're going to spend their time with. I think you're, I think you're in good shape, Seb. I don't think, I don't think that this is, this no. isn't rocket science. But I think, as a high school coach, you should probably, even though you may not like it, you you might as well start communicating with some AU guys uh, and girls, you know, teams and also trainers and some AU teams, you know, and camps and things. Get an idea of what's in your area. So if your kid reaches out to you, like, I don't have any of these things, can you stand me right. in the right direction? At least, A, you have a list, and B, you have some, you're familiar with those people and those entities at some point where you spent a little bit of time getting to know them. And then, you know, it could be a nice little thing. At least right. you'd be prepared, you know? Okay. It's time for our weekly uh, segment. <laughs> what would I change? Okay. And here's my what would I change for the week, sweet Chuck. Is there any way, and there, there is a way, but it's got to be done. We have to get the shot clock into high school basketball on the national level. I know that some states have it, California being one, but there are still several uh-huh. states out there that don't have a shot clock for high school basketball. Let's, let's get this thing legislated on the national level uh, to improve our game. Yeah, I mean, the one thing about Europe and international play is everybody plays basically yes. with the same rules. You know, like FIBA. The FIBA yeah. and, and, you know, Italy, yeah. Greece, Spain, whatever. They all have the same, like, that country is governed by a national federation and everybody's right. on the same page. Now, there's a couple of things that, to weigh into this. Yes, you need a shot clock. It, I, I'm, I remember when I was in Chicago before I left for Dallas, like I went to a, a good friend of mine, Aaron Dwyer, um, coaches, coached a high school team right near my house. And I went to see one of his games. And like 
the other team literally held it at half court for like five straight fucking minutes. I think I just started Twitter back then and even tweeted about it. And I'm not a big Twitter guy, but I thought it was fucking asinine. I can't stand that shit. You know, you're not fucking John Thompson running four corners anymore or Dean Smith. Like, you, and the shot clock's there for a reason, right? And now the only bad, the only tough part about it is you've got a lot of these states and cities and schools that don't have the funding and money to A, install them, and B, you know. Well, I thought that yeah. too, sweet Chuck. Until, until you yeah. know, it became mandatory in California, and I thought, man, there's a, there's a lot of these school districts that are pretty poor, and, you know, they don't have the funds. But you know what? Yeah. Everybody got one. They got Find it done. And they found someone to run it. So it, yeah. it can happen. I, I'm agreeing I mean, even you. if, you know, when yeah. I, I remember when the shot clock first came in, the school I was teaching at, they just, they, they bought someone. They put them on the floor. I mean, they ran the wires down the side, yeah. and they put them on the floor. You know, eventually they're moved to the wall or to above the basket, but I, I don't think that can be an excuse. And anyway. we, we, we got to get this done. So that's that's my uh, change yeah. for the day, sweet Chuck. Hey, real quick, talk about your website for our listeners. Oh yeah. wow, yeah. So I got this website called HoopConsultants.com. Um, I'm only going to talk about my. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll hit them real quick. So, all right. So basically, I do consulting. For coaches and players from all over the world at all levels, um, you know, in, in a player development realm. What I my main service is breaking down film for high school, college, or pro players. Basically, taking their game film, taking every possession they're involved with, and basically adding audio, coaching, stop, rewind, slow mo, and every clip that they're involved in to try to, you know, and tell them about the good things they do, correct the correctable things, and educate them on how to become a right. more efficient player. And I think it's a pretty cool service because, A, no one's doing it, and, B, I think the player really gets to learn a lot about their game and a lot of the things on and off the ball that they're not really maybe not noticing. Or right, and this is this is basically what you were doing with Kobe, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly, without the technology. Like, we had other things that we did, and I had to be a little bit smarter how we did it, but um, we didn't have the technology. Now we did. I wish I did, had this with Kobe um, for him, exactly without the without the back and forth everything. tomfoolery with you and Kobe. Oh fuck yeah! I mean, without the <laughs> yeah, I'm not talking. To these, I'm not talking to my clients. I'm not talking to my clients. Fucking you know, 82 times a day through text right. and email. No. Yeah, I no. you know I've been on the side. It's great. Uh, it's a great resource for yeah. for players, especially it can really help you improve your basketball IQ. I think. Yeah, and, and like JV player, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, we like that's the fucking worst part when people like that work with NBA players only want to work with NBA players. Like JV, varsity, college, NBA, overseas. And I've worked with guys, you know, I, I got clients from Hungary that make like $500 a month, you know, like working, you know, that I break down their film. It, it, it could be any type of player at any type of level. Basketball right. is basketball. So, so well, tell us you know, about your new site, Seb. <laughs> yeah, well, I have, I have a, a website out now. It's jimratbasketball.com, J-Y-M-R-A-T-T. But it's, you know, it's a site that I developed, Sweet Chuck, just as a resource for coaches at all levels, uh, looking to maybe get some new information, some new ideas, some new thoughts. So there's all kinds of content on there. Uh, and the content's updated with new stuff, you know, every few days. Um it's just, just a resource to help coaches 
who might be looking for something a little different or something new. So it's just something that I threw together. And, you know, when, when you've been around as long as I am, you know, I think you, you want to share a little bit. And uh, so that's it. Yeah, it is a really good, I mean, you've got notes, I mean, yeah, for crazy. like 40 years yeah. you got notes on and video on, and it's pretty cool that you share that with coaches, because coaches love all that stuff. They love all the notebook notes and clinic notes and this yeah, offense right. and this defense and, you know, video and all that stuff, and I, I think it's it's a great, it's a great deal, and, you know, being able to do most of the stuff on our both of our sites yeah. for free, you know, is great, and then obviously... We got some stuff that they have to pay for, but you know it's great to it's great for coaches and players to have resources that they can go to. That that's not fucking total total asinine bullshit that they see on, <laughs> you know, like you know on fucking social media about how to you know get better as a player or as a coach. These things are simple things that's worked for the last 40, 50, 60 years that you're just trying to share for free, which is really well that that that's our plug for the week, sweet Chuck and. Uh, it's, it's been a good one. Hopefully the high school coaches especially got something out of this week. And then uh, until next week, uh, you, you're caught in the net. <laughs>